Howdy all, it's Dad Vocals, it's episode 18 and we've got Mark Cordoff in the box with Sam and myself uh, discussing everything dadding. Uh, Mark's an awesome guy who works at Coco with us uh, in the co-working space. Um, we do discuss a few Easter things and we did record pre-Easter. Now it's May the 1st as we're dropping this episode. Um, so take that with a pinch of salt, but it's all relative because it's all having fun as a dad with family and kids. Enjoy. Cheers. Welcome to Dad Focals, the show where we look at life through the lens of a dad. We're no experts and we're not here to offer advice. We're here to exchange stories on the triumphs and tribulations of dadding. I'm Sam, dad to three boys, Sonny, Van and Otis. And I'm Tom, dad to three girls, Bella, Etty and Maeve. Settle in for a listen, with or without your Dad Focals on, and enjoy. Remember, if you have any questions, suggestions or want to discuss any triggers, you can reach us at Dad Focals on the socials and dadfocals at gmail.com on the email. The links are in the show notes. Let the games begin. Okay, it's been a long time coming. We've got Mark in the studio. Mark is a co-worker of Sam and Sam and myself. Um, great character around the office. Always bounding in, bounding out, big smile on his face, always a story to tell and uh, and always always time to spare as well, which I really like, Mark. You're, I know you're a busy man and um, never afraid to to have a quick chat and check in and, and check how you are. Um, so welcome to Dad Focals, Mark. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. It is a long time coming, isn't it? We planned this, I think, pre-Christmas. We did. And then life got busy. Yeah. <laughs> as it does. Yeah. As it does that yeah. time of year. Yeah. How was the weekend? It was good. It was good. I um, we've got a fair bit coming up next weekend, so I yeah. thought bunker down, get things organised. Yeah. What to do with the kids? Took them to swimming pool and rosebud, um, and just generally hung out and ticked things off around the house. So what's Easter look like for you guys? Uh, we've got some. Them? We've got some mates coming down. Yep. With their kids as well. Yep. So they live in Greensboro, so they're staying down here. We'll do the usual manic Easter egg hunt out the back. I think um, I'm going to try and recycle some of the eggs that we've still got from last Easter. <laughs> um, and yeah, just keep the, them occupied. The ones that are still hidden in the garden that they didn't find? or <laughs> <laughs> No, they find them all. Then they re-hide them. And right. then I've got to go out and find them. Yeah, and it's right. more the finding process, I think. It's a thrill of the chase. That's it. That's yeah. it. So, so, yeah. so this one is an interesting one. And there's a point of contention in my house. Anglo-Australian relationship. There are often points of contention. Uh, over traditions and in my house it was a cryptic uh, Easter egg hunt so you had to answer clues you went from one point to another and then there was a big egg at at the end of it all so you really had to kind of work for your work for your chocolate whereas you know flick I think the Aussie way is just yep chuck them in the garden and just (laughs) let the kids go but is that an English thing or is that a poutney thing because you love you love like a murder mystery sort of game yeah look Sam it's a good point you raise I've checked in with a couple of other English people and and actually it might just be a poutney (laughs) (laughs) yeah but um, but how was your weekend, Sam? We, Good. Um, we, we, we both, had, our respective kids, had grand final um, ah. basketball matches this weekend. So did you, how did that go? Yeah, down? yeah. So we so Sonny had his uh, his basketball grand final on Saturday, which was um, which it's funny because he's I mean he's seven and his mates are, his teammates are seven. It's under nines or tens, I think. 
And I think there was more sort of anticipation from the parents than the kids themselves. <laughs> I don't think I think it was just another game for them. But they got done. They got done. But um, they they played really well. And the other team was just better all year. So they gave it their best crack. How was he afterwards? Was and he the, okay? Uh, look, to be honest, he was. He, they were pretty good. Like you know, Tom, Tommy and I were having a quick chat before, and I know. Bell had a similar experience, lost a grand final on the weekend. A few of the, the girls were quite upset. So I don't know if that was a boy-girl thing, but our boys seemed to bounce back really quickly. By the time we got to the Dava Hotel for the uh, the after party, there was they were they were certainly fine. They'd forgot about that because there was lollies to, you know, lolly machines and all that kind of jazz. But yeah. no, we had, a, we had a good celebration. So we went to the Dava, had a few, um, and then ended up back at our place actually with a few of the kids and families, which was good fun. Um, that chocolate machine at the Dava. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mate, I my first experience with that. I'll cut in quickly. Um, took Patrick down. I think he would have been around two. Yeah. And I thought Elizabeth was working, and I'll get to that soon. She's a paramedic, so she will kind of do these these split shifts. I'm looking after him, and I thought, how can I tie in a beer, and maybe help him play at the playground or do something fun? So yeah. he saw the chocolate machine. The thing was just about to pay out. Yeah. So yeah. I put one dollar in. And the thing just dumped an enormous amount of chocolate, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh. So he just thinks, still, that's the way it goes. So it usually costs about $10 to $15 (laughs) now to get a a small variety of something. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, a... So I'm not familiar with this machine. So uh, is it like one of the old school coin machines where they they sit on the edge? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lollies. Same thing, wow. but it's 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 you pick up the chocolate or the lollies or whatever, you drop it, yeah, and then it it pushes. It, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yep. In a pub. In a pub. <laughs> yeah. Everybody yep. wins. So so that's it now. It's just like we're going to the Dava chocolate machine. <laughs> Actually, so interesting. Interesting. I, I I did not expect to talk about this today, but um, we're at the pub and it was chaos because there was a lot of basketball grand finals on. And for the listeners that don't know, Dava, it's a it's a a pretty typical sort of pub, yeah. um, but they've got this pretty good kids area. So there's the the big playground at the back, which is like a McDonald's playground, I guess. And then they've got the inside bit with which with a few arcade games. Anyway, so we and it was pretty manic in there. Um, and yeah, you know, I've got we've got three boys, and so Sunny's seven, Van's five, and Otis is two and a half. Anyway, we noticed there was this. So where we were sitting, we could see the kids. Couldn't hear them, but we could see them. Yeah. We noticed there was another kid. Who would have been? He would have been a, probably a year older than Otis, so he would have been probably three and a half. And he was he was pushing Otis around a bit, and you know, and, the, and Otis got a bit upset. And anyway, as what sometimes happens after I've had a couple of beers, um, you punch the kid. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely didn't think we were going to go there this episode. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't punch the kid directly, but maybe into, so. So. So Sonny comes and sits down, and I said to Sonny, "Don't let anyone push around your little brother." Like, and that was all I said. Yep, yep. And that was it. And then next minute, <laughs> big brother Sonny, I, look, I don't know what's happened, but he's gone in, and and I think he's sort of, well, the the little kid was crying. I don't think that I don't think Sonny actually did anything physically, but it was enough to to scare the little kid. It's an interesting one, right? Like, how do you? Hmm. Was that the right thing to do? Probably not. But the lesson for me is, and and I've said this to Sonny before, I want him looking after his little brothers, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the other way around. When yep. they're bigger, I'm sure they're going to look after him too. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. What do you What do you guys where Where are you at with this? Let's that? throw it straight to Mark. So, yeah. so you, just to backtrack one, so you got your wife and Elizabeth and yourself. You got Patrick and Patrick and Lockie. Yeah. So Patrick, Patrick's yeah. seven and Lockie's four. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, I had a similar conversation with Patrick last week where I think last weekend, um, and I filled you in briefly last last week, just one of those weekends where they both kind of broke me a bit. Yeah. And I, I noticed they're fighting a lot and it's getting, and I've got two sisters, right? So I'm mm. not used to the this dynamic. Mm. Um, so I pulled Patrick aside. Uh, I had to send them both to their rooms. Lockie decided just to go outside and scream for about half an hour. That's fine, whatever. Um, had a chat to Patrick and just said, mate, you got to look after your brother mm. and he's going to need help from time to time. He's smaller than you, mm. but for you to snap at him or push him around or anything like and we certainly don't hit anyone in this house. Mm. Um, I think it's sunk in. So mm. it goes in peaks and troughs. So he'll mm. he'll be good for a bit mm. and then Lockie will annoy him again. Mm. And it's just sibling rivalry, right? Yeah. But just to know that someone there has like and look, I think Lockie just wants look Patrick to have his back. Yeah. So help me with this toy that I'm trying to make. Yeah. Rather than, you know, crack the shits at me. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, and, and out in public as well, I was um we were out briefly on Saturday afternoon. It was the same thing. Just make sure Lockie's okay. Yeah. Um, now, you're not responsible for him. You're not a parent. Mm. I'm responsible for him. But just mm. give me a yell if you see anything going on. He's a lot smaller than the kids in the playground. Yeah. All that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is a challenge, though. Where do you sit with it? Like, what do you, you know, in that in that circumstance? Yeah. And I think it's exacerbated. So Sam and I, our eldest two are the same. And Lockie won't be at school yet, will he? No, next so, year. So, yeah, so we've got... Um, more or less same age as Patrick, but then the younger two have just started prep this year. So you've got a, a playground situation where you want the elder to look after the, the younger sibling. And, you know, we've, we've had a few chats. Hey, look out for, for Eshie, my middle one, uh, Bella. But interestingly, Bella's had a bit of peer pressure, and I think there are some school rules about staying away from the preps. Um, right. and, and, okay. and Bella's had a bit of peer pressure from some of her mates who have similar dynamics in terms of age of siblings yeah. no no you know leave the leave the preppies alone let them do their thing don't go near your your little sister kind of thing to which fair play to mm. bella she stood up to her mates and said no no she's my little sister i'm gonna check she's all right yeah yeah one of the proudest moments of my life but that's cool. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It, you know because that's what siblings do right whatever whether you're at the shops at the pub yeah. you know at, at, at the school that's what you've, that's life. You've got to, and there's going to be times when they're older and the, the situation's reversed and they're going to want their little sibling to look after 100%. them and they've got to remember that. So yeah, some big, some big uh, conversations had over that and look, Sammy, in my opinion, and you would have said that to Sonny before, it wasn't like you just sprung it on mm. him at the pub. Um, so yeah, just a gentle reminder to look out for Otis. So yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong. <laughs> it's fascinating to your point though, like my boys fight like cats and dogs in the house. Yeah. Um, and it drives me nuts. I, I, I battle with it like I think most parents do. But then in public, I think they do naturally. I, well, especially the older ones, they do look out for for, for, for Otis and for each other. Yeah, and it's, yeah. You know, and as, as much as that in-house fighting at home gives me the shits, it does make me proud when I see just little little acts of kindness, like yep. standing up for, for each other or just making sure... You know, Van, our five-year-old's pretty sensitive and Sonny's more sort of rough and tough and Sonny will often check in and make sure he's okay or kick him the ball when he's not getting the ball and stuff. So I'd take the in-house stuff yeah. when I know that in public they're, you know, they're, they're looking after each other. And quite often in public, like you would have had to on the weekend, you've got to think quick. Yeah, yeah. Right? So if something's yeah. happening, it's there's something unfolding. Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. Um, so I think you did it right. Yeah. What about, so we've, and we've had this brief conversation before though, but what about... Um, Discipline's not the word, but talking to that other kid. Like, at what point do you, knowing that his daddies or parents 
are somewhere in the pub. Yeah, yeah. At what point do you actually go in and have a conversation with the other kid? Oh, yeah, yeah, and that's one thing that I think you did well because you you didn't just march over and you know I outsourced it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you delegated and got back to your beer. Very very good. Yeah. And uh, what, what were you going to say, Mark? What do you think? Well, yeah, we had another one. So on the weekend, we we're at the Mornington Hotel, another similar pub with a playground. It's just an easy win for the kids. Yeah. Um, and we got to the playground and it's full of kids who are too old to be in there. They were climbing all over it, kicking things and whatever else. And I thought, oh, what do I do? Yeah. So my boys didn't want to go in. Yeah. But I just walked in and said, hey, guys, everyone here under 12? And that was part of the rule. Like, oh, yeah, we're all 11. I'm like, oh, it's cool. Hey, I've got two little kids going to come in. Um, just make sure they're okay. Yeah. All right. They just want to have nice. some fun. And they were all completely fine. Yeah, good. So, but it is one of those things. Yeah, I couldn't go in and say, or walk up to the, the pub manager and say, can you get those kids out? Yeah. Um, because they, yeah, there's another bunch of parents there trying to relax and enjoy their time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's um. No, well played. Yeah, I think yeah. I think speaking to, like, if someone, if I saw a random person go and tell one of my kids off, um, I mean, the, my first response would be, "What did you do wrong? Yeah. <laughs> what's what like what's happening?" But at the same time, too, yeah, yeah. It would make things pretty uncomfortable, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's been one. You know, because then the other the other the, the conversation we've had before is when you've got kids acting poorly when they're at your house, which is a different oh, scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different scenario, but they're normally obviously friends' kids. <laughs> yeah. Have you got have you got oh, Yeah, no, we, we had a few weeks ago. <laughs> so we've we've got these neighbours next door and they've got kids around the same age. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason we just haven't clicked with them. So we've tried and they they just want to do their own thing, completely fine. But the kids have started to play over the like so they they kind of climb the fence mm. and then they've been their kids have been jumping the fence and coming inside and playing. Which is actually pretty cool. Mm. You know, I'm like, this is old school yep. neighbor stuff. We had a chat to the parents and said, are you okay? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so we usually kind of give them half an hour and take them home. Anyway, a couple of weeks ago, Elizabeth went to the shops, came back, Lockie's at kindy and Patrick's at school. And there's just one of their kids in oh. Patrick's room <laughs> playing with his toys. Oh, wow. <laughs> She's like, so she walked in and thought we were being robbed. She's like, I can hear something. <laughs> She's terrified, walks down. She's like, wow. oh, hey, what are you doing in here? So... You know, I don't. The parents hadn't noticed that she disappeared, but um, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and this is the parenting surprise stuff. So, like Elizabeth told me the story, I pissed myself laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I like this kid. Yeah, she's like, no, the risk there. I'm like, yeah, yeah. no, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um, did you? So, what did you? Did you have a conversation with the the parents after that? The yeah, neighbors? Elizabeth took her home yeah. and just said, hey, here's what happened, and they were extremely apologetic. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so yeah. she hasn't jumped the fence since. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got to be fairly mortified that you've missed your kids gone oh like, completely <laughs> completely <laughs> yeah. I, hey I've, I've i've got a good story on that actually so so and i was and i was actually having a chat with one of the dads over the weekend about this the feeling of losing a child i think oh. we've all had it oh, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's actually the worst feeling in the world yeah but i i i ignorantly lost a kid i, I ignorantly lost van so what happened was we the van would have been two maybe three so around otis's age yeah uh, yeah, oh, mate, yeah, he would have been three because he could talk. He could talk. But anyway, um, I was home. I was home. Mel was out, and it was. And I don't. Yes, yeah, so Otis wouldn't have been around yet. So it was sunny, and it was sunny in Van. And we often just leave our garage door open. So our dog Ned, he's he's cool, just to cruise around the front and comes back. Anyway, um, I've gone in. I've had a shower, and as I've jumped out, I've jumped out of the shower, and I do tend to sort of. 
like when I'm in the shower, that's me time, and I tend to sometimes my showers can blow time. out in terms of <laughs> how long I'm in the pool, especially when Mel's not there, sort of you know clicking her wrist at me to get out. But anyway, so I get out of the shower, still wrapped in a towel, and I thought, geez, I better check where I can hear Sunny. I better check where Van is, and I go and open the garage door, and as I open the door, two women are walking down the driveway with with our dog and Van. Oh. So he, so in the time, what he's done is he's gone out and he said that Ned went, who knows if it was him or Ned, chicken or the egg, I'd probably say it was him first. Yeah. But they've walked down the side of our house. There's a footpath down the side of our house and there's actually, it, it, it backs on to Legacy Drive, which it's not an overly busy road, but it's right on a corner. So it's a pretty dangerous sort of corner. Yeah, yeah. And these women said, oh, we've just found... Is this your? Is these yours? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. And I'm in a towel. I'm like, yeah, 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 any, yeah, yeah. Any excuse to walk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually waited for them to come in, and then I walked out. But they, but they, yeah, they came out, and they were a bit shocked. And I was, because I was, I didn't know they were missing. I wasn't panicked at all. And yeah, they were about to cross the road, and the ladies grabbed them and brought them the dog. And so you reckon? Do you reckon Ned was playing the protective role there, looking after Van? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't walk off like that. Amazing. And he's just followed Van down mm. the hill. But like, yeah, it was interesting because they were a bit frazzled, and I was just, yeah, yeah, that's all right, bring him in, <laughs> because I had no idea, I had no idea he was missing. But geez, it can you got to be so careful. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's horrible. Uh, that's horrible. Yeah. So, you, Mark, you said you've got two sisters. Uh, where are you positioned? Are you eldest, middle, or are you... So I'm, I'm the oldest. Okay, yeah. We're all pretty close. So, um, yeah, Lisa's a couple of years younger than me, and Sarah, about a year younger than Lisa. So, yeah, grew up in a conventional kind of family with, with two sisters. I had bundles of energy. Yeah. I had Sarah, who I'd kind of knock around a fair bit with. She'd kick the footy and do whatever else. Lisa was a bit more... Uh, she's into reading books and that kind of thing, and yeah. we're just happier in her own company. Mm. Um, and you, you obviously would have felt uh, a level of um, need to protect sisters as well to continue yeah, that conversation. Hundred percent, yeah. still do. Just you know, as younger siblings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of yeah, looking out for them. And I remember when the the boyfriend started coming on the scene as well. <laughs> um, but all of that was fine. You know, I think we had a mutual respect for each other, and we still do. So we've all still got great relationships. So it's um yeah it's been good yeah that's awesome and and how was it growing up what was the general kind of feel in your house how did things roll yeah so we had um well, once again pretty conventional grew up in Glen Waverley um you know I was probably a bit of a troublemaker at school probably caused my old man a few headaches um but yeah for the most part mum didn't work for a lot of the time until she was a bit older so we had a, a you know relatively standard come home there'd be you know dinner on the table. Everything was organised. We had we had pretty good rules, and that's something else that I've been trying to nut out at the moment with my boys. Going, where does it sit? Like, you know, chores. We're at that stage now. Where we're trying to figure out, and I'm trying to map back to. I think I was a good kid. I'm like, no, I, I don't think I was <laughs> the entire time. Mm. Um, but yeah, like a good a good upbringing. Can't complain at all. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And Elizabeth had a similar upbringing, or because I guess Hers. that's where it's interesting is, you know, one family's one parent's values against another parent's values, and and your rules, which you know you, you don't tend to talk about at a bar the first time you you meet and start to get yeah. serious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, and Elizabeth's upbringing is is unique. Yeah. Um. So she is, she's kind of got a oh, how to go into it without going into it too much, but yeah. um, a couple of marriages with her mum, so she's got. Uh, four siblings, two from one marriage, two from the other. Um, and whilst it's kind of similar, so she grew up in Ashburton, 
Um, we do have these differing sometimes opinions on how to operate the kids. Yeah. Um, and I, for the most part, will go with the flow with her because I think she's great at what she does and you know has a really good control over them. Mm-hmm. But every now and then, it's like something needs to change. And I think that was last week for me. I went, we need to set some ground rules. I think these boys need, it's the action and consequence type thing. Mm. But they don't want to overcomplicate it for them. So I just created like a list of three things that they need to do every day. Mm-hmm. And that's pick up, like pack up your toys before bed, because I was just getting tired of doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, make your bed um, and be kind to each other. Mm-hmm. And we've just seen this shift since doing that. So she was a little bit reluctant, like, it's not going to work. I'm like, let's, mm. let's give it a crack. Yeah. What could go wrong? You know? Mm. So um, mm. yeah, you're nice. just kind of taking those steps. Like, I think I've learned through parenting so far, it's a constant work in progress. Yeah. Um, and something will kind of, it'll be bubbling away and I'll be aware that something needs to change. And then kind of shit might hit the fan or something might happen. And you go, all right, let's pull the trigger on that. Life mm. can be better. Mm. So, um, so yeah, so it's, um, but yeah, like, like I think for my upbringing, there was always the, the threat of, it was kind of the hierarchy, right? So, and I, like, I imagine how tough it would have been for dad because, especially for mum. So we're all being rat bags. She's telling us off, sending us to our rooms. <clears throat> then there'd be the, wait till your father gets home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And you're like, bad cop. oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So my father's got no idea. He's in his bloody, you know, 1987 Ford XF Falcon driving home from the city. <laughs> um, you know, no mobile phones or anything. Um, yeah. He just wants to come home, have a beer. and But I think... That's I a, think that's a great point. How did how did they communicate that you're going to need to pay bad bad cop? It was just that phone? was just that was just, <laughs> just the just status quo. The flag. It was, yeah, <laughs> no, but, no. I would, but I would respect that. Yeah, for whatever reason. So, yeah. mum was the authoritarian, and dad would never never laid a finger on me, but was always um, direct. Uh, like I think he was he came he's Irish. He had um, three or two other brothers. Yeah. Um, so there was just that that mutual understanding that when dad comes home and something needs to be done, you do it. Otherwise, something might happen. Whatever that thing, it never happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. The perceived consequence, nearly. Of yeah. Discipline. Yeah. But imagine now. So right now, if if all hell's breaking loose for any of us mm. at home before we get back from work, there'll be a heads up. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And we can come up with a, a strategy. Yeah. It might be like, do you want me to pick up some takeaway on the way home? You want to the pump? Yeah. I might maybe I'll take them out. You would just be walking cold face straight into, <laughs> you know, uh, all hell breaks loose. But yeah. yeah. Well, not only that, just the, and I don't know, you know, your role, your sort of schedule day in, day out, Mark, but I get the impression like Tom and I, we've got a fair bit of flexibility as well. Yeah, yeah. So my old man never came home from work early or, you know, during lunch to help out. Like that oh, wasn't no. a thing, right? Yeah, no. That wasn't a thing. So if, and it hasn't happened often, but when Mal has been really struggling, you know, it's, it's, great to be in the position where you can you can nick home and give them a because often it's the same when i've got the kids often you just need half an hour to go for a walk or have a coffee or just to you know to add a bit of a reset yeah but that wasn't happening in the 80s no way no 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 so you see dad will be driving home and and you 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 know what's coming or or you you know you know what's not coming which is which is great but it's just that yeah perception of uh, of what could happen. Yeah, I think so. And just a, just a, yeah. I, like I think it was that hierarchy, even though nothing ever eventuated. But yeah. or a stern talking to. Yeah. I might have got to. Yeah. So, a lot of leave your sisters alone. Don't touch the cat. <laughs> um, I think just just being you know yeah. just active. Yeah. You know, and and often I just need it. I'm like, can I just go down to the oval, 
and just kick the footy mm. for an hour. It'll burn the energy I need right mm. now, you know. Yeah. So, and I'm noticing that now with the boys too. Mm. They're like these batteries that you need to deplete yeah. by the end of the day. Otherwise, they're just going to do your head in. Yeah. Um, but often yeah. it's, just, it's those simple things where you're like, let's just grab a basketball and shoot some hoops. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Mark, <clears throat> is there something that, you know, we talk about this a fair bit, that you want to give your kids things that you at least perceived that you didn't get from your from your parents? So mm. is there something, whether that's material things or, or more emotional support or whatever it, whatever it was, so is there something, like what's, what's the one thing that your, specifically your dad, actually it doesn't have to be your dad, something that your parents did for you that you then use that as a tool for your kids and what's one thing you feel you you didn't get that you try to instill with with your parenting that's a great question i think i think elizabeth does a lot of this i think that's one of her main motivators yeah for her parenting i think for me what i really respected with my old man was he got me involved in every sport possible yeah to try and just see what would click right and he would coach the soccer team now even when he did that, I was sent off in the oval half the time. I had to sit in the car. Um, and I look, I think back, and there's a bit of regret there, um, just on maybe how I treated him. Yeah. But at the same time, too, I'm like, hats off for really having a go. Yep. Like, I played every sport under the sun. He was there at training. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important. And in the end, it was tennis that was probably the one that stuck and skateboarding, which was the one that I picked myself. Yeah. So I will try and continue that on with the kids, without a doubt. Um, and I think it's about listening to them probably. Maybe, I don't think he tried to influence too much what I did. Um, but when they make their own choice, right? So right now, mm. Patrick's like, I'm fascinated with basketball and football. Mm. And it's come out of nowhere. Mm. So we're watching stuff on TV. Mm. We're going up to the park, you know. So where will this go next? I've just got to be ready to be able to facilitate it for him. Mm. Um, I think the one thing, if I could try and really focus was, I think my dad, I remember always thinking he's just constantly lecturing me. Yeah. He's constantly telling me off. Yeah. And I'm finding myself doing it now. Yeah. And Patrick's like, hey, you're the guy with all the rules. You know, you're so strict. I'm like, mate, I'm so the opposite of that. Mm. But I'm trying to do that to help you. Mm. Um, so I think that'll be my, my task. To, if I can nail that, mm. um, which I don't know how to, to be that author, like authoritarian person, while still being able to get, mm. you know, not be too much of a douchebag about it. And my dad never was. I just always felt I was confined by mm. rules. Do you think that was because you, you touched on earlier, your mum being an authoritarian, but, but your dad coming home and, you know, wait till I tell your father kind of line. So you, your dad already was had a role. That yeah, was yeah. his role, so he kind of had to play that role. Do you think there's an element of that? And do you think that that is now a, your role to some extent? I think so. And look, I think these traditional roles often don't change. You know, I think parenting now is a lot different, right? Like you were talking before, Sam, about being able to duck home yep. um, and help out with the kids. And now I've, I've got this, a similar luxury mm. and I don't take that for granted ever. Yep. But at the same time too, I think if we're both, I've found quite often Elizabeth and I are both all in when it's like, hang on, let's be more strategic about this. Yep. What's mm. a better way to get, like, what are our roles? Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes just being able to take yourself away, maybe get the kids minded for a night or two mm. and just refresh on that because you can, you can find yourself on two train, train lines going, you know, full steam ahead. But often you're like, hang on, we're just not communicating. Like, we can do this better. Yeah. Um, constant work in progress. But I think men, I think there's just a, there's been a big shift on mm. the way that we, you know, parent mm. now and, yeah. and we are more involved. 
which is brilliant mm. and has and has opened up doors for our partners to be able to you know excel in their careers and that kind of thing. Mm. And it's a different balance, right? Because we came from I don't know. Well, I came from just a very straightforward. Yeah. Dad works, mum looks after the kids. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. interesting as well, and I think we've talked about this, Tom. But these, you know the super parents that we're all striving to be these days. Yeah. Um, yeah, as dads have picked more up of that hands-on, you know, even nurturing role, it's actually, well, what are the women? Because that, that back to those tradition, those traditional mm. role types, it's like, well, actually, not only are the men doing more, they're actually taking some away from what was typically the, the women's role in, the, yeah. the mum's role, I should say, yep. in that. So it's like, well, what are, what do the mums then do? So it's, it, it, yeah, it's, it's all well and good to say, yeah, we're doing more. That's awesome. But it's actually, how does that work? To your point, it's a great analogy. You've got two trains that are going the same direction, but they're not necessarily crossing working. paths. They're not necessarily. So a really practical example that <clears throat> in our household, because I love that I'm, I'm at home four of, the, four of the five mornings for the school run, yep. not necessarily dropping them to school, but when they're waking up and getting them, you know, feeding them breakfast and getting them ready for school, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I love it. I love that I'm able to do it. But often I'm, it's, it's, it sort of feels like in some ways it's overcapitalizing. We're both there sort of yeah. just treading yep. on each other's toes. And in some ways it's easier if you're just doing, if you're just driving the train on your own, right? 100%. And yeah, because we're trying to do stuff. We're trying to go to the gym and, you know, Mel's just come back to work and there's all these things. It's actually going, well, actually, maybe. So we've... And this is something we picked up from your place is we've actually got a roster now and we haven't nailed it yet, but it's like, well, Monday morning is me. So yeah. I'm parenting Monday, that, that run Monday morning. Yep. So Mal can, you know, she can effectively go off and do whatever she wants in that, in that couple hour block. Yeah. Great in theory. We'll see what happens practically, <laughs> but yeah. we, definitely, I think sometimes it's easy when you've got them on your own. We talk about it all the time yeah. where I'll sometimes when, or most times actually, when Elizabeth and I are both doing the bedtime routine and dinner, all that kind of stuff, they act up and it's hard work. Mm. And then she'll work, she'll, she'll go to work the next night, I'll have them, won't be a problem. Yeah. And then the next night, I might go and do something, she's got them, she was like, they were perfect. Yeah. I'm like, hey, do we need to both be here every night? Yeah. Like, should we be piecing out, do you want to go see a movie? Do you mm. want to go for a walk? Mm. So, I yeah. like the roster idea. Mm. Yeah, I, look, for me and, and for us, and I think you guys will probably both agree, as long as the family can come together, and I appreciate Elizabeth works shifts, so it's not so easy for you always, but as long as the family can come together like once a day, and, yep. and that yeah. moment is probably dinner time when it when it can happen. Yeah, um, yeah. Then you kind of get to reset, sit around the table, and, and go again. And, and the rest of the, the day doesn't have to be yeah, everyone doing everything because ultimately you're going to, however good you are at it, you're going you're gonna to stand on each other's toes. One of the things that, I don't like it, and I've said this to Flick, my wife, is I am sometimes used as the, the bad cop as well. Like it's maybe our youngest uh, Flick's trying to get her dressed or do this. If she doesn't want to do it and she repeats, um, you know, she doesn't want to do it, well, if, if you don't do it this time, then daddy's going to do it. Mm. And it's like the big bad daddy's going to come yeah. in and do it. And I'm like, okay, you know, I can play that role, but I don't really want it because it yeah. doesn't feel good if you're doing it over and over and over yeah. and over again. It's like... <gasps> No, <laughs> daddy's going to do it if I don't, you know, play game now. So she, so she will play ball and, 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 and it's like the threat of dad is, is kept there. It's fine. Don't worry. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's not a great feeling. Um, but, it, but how does it go with shifts? Because, you know, my neither of our partners are shift workers. Is, is, it, is that kind of tricky? Is it? Uh, look, I reckon thinking back, 
it's given me a lot of opportunity to spend one-on-one time and learn how to parent. Mm. Um, so even when Patrick was really little, so I think Elizabeth went back to work six to nine months after he was born. Mm-hmm. And I think I discussed briefly that I, I wasn't great with babies. I'm not a huge baby fan. I don't like that face. But I got, you know, my hands dirty. So one night a week, I'd come back from work. Mum would kind of help out and bridge the gap there for a little bit. You know, I'd do all the stuff and look after him. And then, but when it got to Sundays, because she would usually do a Sunday shift from like 12 midday till midnight. And that was when we started this thing called Boys Club, which is a ween song that is actually just a bit of a piss take on something else. But it was like, so Patrick would come in going, Dad, Boys Club today. And I would just have to quickly think of something random to do. So, you know, we would be catching trains, we'd be catching, like, public transport was one of its big things. So I'd just be like, oh, let's catch a bus to Rosebud. <laughs> you know, but it would yeah. fill his cup. He'd love yeah. it. Love it. That's awesome. You know, we'd, we'd go yeah. to car yards, whatever mm. else. I remember there was one time we, um, I'd had a couple of drinks the night before and I wasn't feeling my best that morning. And I thought, oh, let's just try and catch the train from Tyab down to Stony Point. Never been. So I did that, got to Stony Point and we just see this ferry and he would have been, just over two, or maybe two and a half. And he's like, what's that, Dad? I'm like, it's, it's a ferry. I don't know where it goes. So went down. I asked the guy, I'm like, what's the go with that? And he's like, goes to Phillip Island and back. I'm like, Phillip Island? How long does that take? <laughs> it's overseas. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> and he's like, it takes about half an hour, 40 minutes. I'm like, how much are tickets? He's like, well, he's free and it's 25 bucks for you. I'm like, sign me up. Yeah. So we yeah. jump on this ferry. Patrick's like, how good is life? I'm like, same here. Yeah. Anyway, we arrive at Phillip Island. Elizabeth calls me. She's like, how's it all going? I'm like, yeah, good. We're at Phillip Island. But what are you doing there? I'm like, we just caught a train down, caught a ferry across. She's like, have you got nappies? And I'm like, <laughs> no. yeah, no. I'm like, shit, what do I need? She's like, you're going to need pouches of food. You're going to yeah. need wipes. You're going to need nappies. I'm like, oh, I really haven't thought this through. Yeah. But got it all sorted. But we would just have these adventures, I think. So yeah. it was, I'd use the Sundays to make sure it was him and I time. Yeah. Um, and obviously now with Lockie, it's been a bit more of a challenge. So I don't get to do it as much. But I, I really want to reset and keep that up because we just explored. We'd moved down here. I didn't know the peninsula very well. And I just use that as an excuse to be a kid again. Mm-hmm. Really? It's, <clears throat> I love it. I love it. And I love it. And that's just such a typical dad thing to do. Yeah. Like, I'm just saying, but you find a way, right? You find you're a always, way. You've got to be resourceful. Yeah. You find a way. Yeah. You get a few leaves. Or, but, <laughs> um, that, uh, I love that. I love that idea. And it also doesn't, you know, looking through my lens, it doesn't overly surprise me that it's dropped off because the hard thing with, with having, and I don't think this is a boy thing at all, but having two kids similar-ish in age, you take them out and it's just, ha- taking one kid out is, like, like you actually, oh. it adds to it, right? Like, yeah. that would have added to your experience of it, of getting on the ferry and all that stuff. You've got two kids, and, and our eldest, they just fight. They're so competitive. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's just, you've got to, like, psych yourself up to, you know, to take two or sometimes three of them out altogether. You know it's just going to be hard work. So And they have different interests. Different For some interests. reason, like, you know, I take Lockie on a train, I'm like, this is not blowing your mind? Yeah, yeah. He's like, no, I like robots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right, well, we'll go home after this and... I know, play with robots, yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's hard. No, the adventure's fun. It, it's it's great. Yeah, and you've just yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think often it's better if you don't have a chance to think about it. You just walk out the door. Yeah, and you just go. Yeah, 
And yeah, unbeknownst to my wife, there were shops out there where you can actually buy nappies if you're short <laughs> or, or, or food. You don't have to carry so much stuff all the time. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I think yeah. it's awesome. And Mark, I, I often overhear your stories or you and I are speaking about it. And I think your adventures are, are great. Um, and, and I love, if, if I may, I overheard you talking about chat GBT the other day and, and how, you're, <laughs> how you, you brought that into the family. And I, and I loved it as a little segue. Do you want to just touch yeah, on that? Yeah, yeah. So we've... Um, I've got some friends that have been batting on about ChatGPT for a long time, and I, I, I understood it, but I thought I'll get to it when I get to it. Anyway, I started playing around about two weeks ago. I'm like, this is this thing's amazing. Mm. You know, I wrote a resume for my partner, and I'm asking questions, whatever else. And anyway, I got to bedtime, and I'm like, I wonder if it can tell my kids a story. <laughs> so I just wrote in, um, you know, tell me a funny story about Patrick and Lockie, two boys that live in Mornington, and out spits this story. The two of them are dead still, just listening like. That was amazing. Did I actually read it, or you read it? I read it. You read it. Okay. I read it. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. great, and they've yeah. all got a, like a, a moral at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, it could be a kids' book, right? right. So then the next day, um, Patrick asks again. He's like, "All right, but I don't want to hear any boring stories about me and Lockie in Mornington. I want something else." <laughs> I'm like, "All right, well, what do you want?" And he's like, "I want a story about a guy that has every color pencil apart from bronze." I'm like. Righty-o, let's see if ChatGPT's <laughs> got this. very specific. So I come with a story yeah. about this superhero called Bronze Man that only could expel superhero powers if he could be bronze, but he wasn't bronze. So he needed to figure out how to become bronze. So he grabbed all the other coloured pencils, mixed them all together to make bronze, and then became Bronze Man, the most amazing superhero in the world, only because he was resourceful. That is amazing. So once again, it kind of had this, so yeah. Elizabeth comes home, and I'm like, you got to wait till you hear the kids' stories tonight. And she's like, hang on, you're not using your imagination? You're not? I'm like, no, I'm spent. It's been a big day. Let's yeah. just have it taken care of. But trust me. Yeah. Um, anyway, I read a story. She's like, that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah. I've shared it around. People are doing it. Wow. Yeah. It's such a good idea. Have, re- a, have a crack. It, I reckon it inspires, inspires you as well to kind of have your own stories because it is hard to sit there night after night and kind oh. of make stuff up. And the girls often go to me, Dan, you know, whatever. And I'm like, you know, now and again, it would, uh, let's, I'd appreciate let's, some help. So that'd be especially great. Especially at yeah. seven o'clock at night yeah. after you've been, you know, <laughs> wrestling them into bed. And the last yeah. thing you want to do is, I, I, I struggle with that for sure. Yeah. My dad was brilliant at that. Right. He had this imaginary character called Seamus. And he would just sit, like, come and sit next to my bed and just tell me these stories. And I don't know how he kept doing it. Mm. So, and I've tried. I've, I've created characters, whatever mm. else. And I kind of tell two to three stories. Like, that's, yeah, it's good. I'm like... Mm. I've got nothing else yeah. now. So yeah, thank yeah. you, ChatGPT. Oh, yeah. I, I, I kind of wonder if imaginations, our imaginations when we were kids and our kids now, and, and my, my girls, especially my oldest, has a really vivid imagination. It's amazing. But they're exposed to so much stuff. They see so much stuff in life and, and on telly and stuff like that that you kind of wonder how much room there is left for their own imagination. So whereas our parents, because, yeah, my parents were the same, were kind of filling our... Uh, you know, vivid minds with those stories that we're like, wow, you know, the kids are probably like, yeah, I saw that on YouTube yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, but sounds like you had a great relationship with, with your dad growing up. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And, and we still do. Um, so he, you know, he's suffered depression um, and now kind of has taken that across and is an advocate for that with Beyond Blue. Wow. Um, so I've seen a lot with dad. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's just that he's never, ever, as sick as he was for a bit, he was always a great dad, mm. you know? So managed to learn a lot. And same with mum as mm. well. So I have I feel very lucky. They yeah. live down here now as well. So I just try and 
touch base with them and hang out whenever I can and yeah, they help and I help. How old were you when he started suffering with, with mental health? So I think he was, when I was really little initially, and then it was when I was a bit older. So I think I was about, I'd caught 19. Mm-hmm. And I just came downstairs one day and he was in bed and I'm like, what's going on, Dad? And um, yeah, he was just like, look, I'm not well. I'm like, yeah, what, what got stomach bug or mm-hmm. he's like, it's mental health. So I really didn't understand it, and I learned obviously through that, you know, how it all kind of plays out, warning signs, what to look out for. Then of course you go worry, you're like, well, I wonder if I'm going to suffer from this too. You know, it's in the, obviously in the family. Um, but you know, he worked super hard on himself, super hard on his physical and mental health. Um, and yeah, I think now just being able to tell his story as mm. well and just try and help other blokes. I think his big thing mm. is. Bloke should talk just like this, right? Yeah. So when I first heard this, you know, you kicked off this podcast, I'm like, where was this when my kids were born? Mm-hmm. There's no father's group. Mm. There's no network. When you're kind of looking around for help and support and guidance, mm. you can feel isolated. Yeah. And it's the same with my old man. He's like, if you're feeling like crap, talk to someone. Mm. You know, that's all it can be sometimes is just opening a conversation. Yeah. Non-judgmental. How are you feeling? Yeah. I feel like shit. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? Blah, 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 blah. Mm. Problem shared is a problem you know, halved. halved. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I think, you know, and kind of thinking back to early doors of having kids and that kind of thing, and it's going, where was those nuggets of advice mm. or that mutual party or something to listen to or read, you know, that you can go, because we had mother's group and I think it's a changing space now I've heard and mm. blokes can get more involved, but she'd be able to go, like Elizabeth would head off and chat with other mums and then come back and her cup's full so now it's your turn with the baby tonight. I'm like, right, I still don't understand this, mm. you know. So, um, so yeah. So no, but look, Dad. Um, yeah, Dad. It's been a really interesting story. I think you know, he kind of came across here when he was 19 years old, all on his own, to or with a couple of mates um, from Ireland, and then met Mum, and has probably been homesick most of his life. Um, but at the same time, is as Australian as anyone else, even though he's got an accent. I, I never knew he had an accent until I was like 20. Someone's like, you can't hear it? I'm like, no. It'll be the same with you and your girls. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think, you know, full admiration for, for him um, just being able to work through it all. So, yeah. Amazing that he told you that when you were yeah, 19 because I think I would hazard a guess many blokes would go, yeah, stomach bug. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Face up to it and talk to you about it. That's incredible. Because the risk you've got there with your, with your employer like I know the the space is changing now, which is brilliant, and that's what he's working towards. Is that let's it shouldn't be a stigma, mm. um, and there's help. So um, so yeah, that was it was a challenge only because I thought the fixes were simple. I'm like it's to do with your job, Dad. I want to help you find another job. Mm. No, it wasn't that at all, and it probably took years. And I remember him getting in front of his psych. I want to meet your psych, but it was more me trying to understand. I would get angry sometimes because I just wanted him back, you know. Mm. But now I know it's a process. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, amazing for you as well as a late teenager. And I know you had your, your skateboarding and, and uni and, and other stuff going on um, that, that you, yeah, you paused and took the time to, to try and help your dad. That's a brave thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you kind of do, when, like especially being a close family and that kind of thing too. And my sisters were in the same space too. And I probably held back a little bit. I think thinking back, I wanted to do the typical, I don't know why everyone just decided to go to London after they finished uni, but that was gonna be my thing. Um, but I probably hung around a little bit longer just to make sure my sister's actually jetted off. And I'm like, oh, it's gotta be close. And especially watching mum too, 
because it impacts everyone. Yeah. Um, and then it got to a point where I'm like, we've got things under control. This is great. Would you talk about it openly with your mates and peers about your dad? About your dad? Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Did you find, did you feel supported through that through the people you spoke with? Yeah, I, I like. I think a lot of people didn't really understand back then too. So it was. Got to think about it. It's probably twenty five years ago. Yeah. So it was. Oh, he'll be right. I'm like, yeah, no, he will. He will. He's got the right help, and I'm still learning too. Um, but I think now it's it is. I've still got some mates who are very old school, and some who, you know, I know would really benefit from help. But like, it's not. I don't need that. You're like, oh, mate. You know, you could just open that book and walk in and just share your story with someone. You'd be surprised how much better you'd feel. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, back then everyone did know. It was almost like a coming out. Yeah. I think for a lot of guys too, it was like, I'm not right. Mm. You know, but since Dad kind of came out then a lot of his friends have come to him mm. going, hey, I've been drinking two bottles of wine a night for the last five years mm. and I've been thinking these dark thoughts. You know, it's like, that's all right. It's cool. Join the club. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and do you feel um, as if that helped to equip you for, for life and for fatherhood when you became a, a father as well? Some uh, of those experiences? hundred percent, yeah, yeah. And probably just looking for warning signs in moods and that kind of thing too. So I'm probably a little bit more sensitive now and I can notice someone's not themselves. Mm. Um, but you just know how to have that combo, mm. you know, and sometimes it's not the right time, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's just a matter of going, hey, you want to have a hit of tennis? Yeah. You know, go yeah. for a walk. Yeah. And then, you know, it just depends on what people need. But yeah, so. Mm. Hey, Mark, I want to circle right back <clears throat> to something you said earlier because it really resonated with me is around the lecturing piece. Mm. Because my old man, that's my vivid memory or feeling of, of being lectured. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because as you're saying that, I was thinking, well, what, what's that in lieu of? Or what do you put in lieu of lecturing? And I think maybe typically a man would be, rather than a lecture, which if you reframe a lecture, it's, a, it's hopefully like a thought out conversation mm. to help someone, help a kid get more context as to why the behavior isn't right. Yeah, you know, it's it's rather than maybe it's just stop it, like or, yeah, or yeah. it's aggressive. Maybe mm. the opposite of lecturing is aggression. I don't know. I'm just going on a bit of a tangent here. Yeah, but it's aggression. It's discipline. It's potentially you know a smack or whatever. Um, because I certainly I I'm exactly the same. I feel myself lecturing the especially Sonny. I feel like I'm lecturing him all the time. Um. But yeah, like what what do you do in lieu of that? Like in the moment when you feel like there's a conversation that needs to be had, like how do you what what do you do what do you do in, in place of that? I don't know, and I think I mean there's obviously the setting an example thing, right? Yep. So yeah, if you're if you're walking the walk and talking the talk, then and if your kids can follow, but but there's often times where yeah, I've felt like you know I have over lectured and I have kind of bummed him out, mm. and I wrap up afterwards, I'm like, oh, it was my old man then. Mm. But how else? I ask myself the same question all mm. the time. How else can I do this better? Mm. Um, mm. I don't, I, and I don't know. I was thinking something before, and my mind's gone blank. But um, yeah, I don't know. What? Do you, what? Do you... In theory, in theory, uh, I think there's something around um, taking a breath and dealing with it at a later moment. Yeah, yeah. So. And I always remember this kind of brings up memories of what you know the classic wait till I get you home from my parents, which which I don't think was so thought out all the time. But maybe that was their mechanism of I'm going to take a breath, 
Uh, and when we come to uh, later tonight or, or later this afternoon, then we'll have a conversation about it because, you know, we'll all be a lot calmer. We won't just be in that reaction space. Yeah. Um, actually, maybe two hours down the line, you'll reframe it and you'll think, this isn't a big issue. Yeah, or you'll be yeah. in a far better headspace to have the conversation that you want to have. And I, and I think, Mark, you touched on at the beginning this idea that something's bubbling away and then, and then there's kind of a, a flashpoint and then, then there's a conversation. And I think, yeah, unfortunately, sometimes it does take that catalyst, that flashpoint for us to say something. But I think, and, and I'm guilty of, guilty of this as well, is, is just to react in the moment um, yeah. rather than kind of really approach it with a, a calm perspective and, and be the parent that ultimately we want to be. And rather than do something, then feel regret, remorse, then apologize, which, look, it's, it's good we apologize. And I, I, I make mistakes and apologize to the kids all the, all the time. But ultimately, what I'm working on is how can I get to that point where I don't need to react like that? And is it a breath? Let's just knock it on the head for an hour. Because, you know, take it into a work scenario. We've all had those emails and you just want to hammer back an hour. Oh, you yeah, just want to yeah. let loose. But ultimately, you sleep on it or you just go, oh, look, I'll go make a coffee. I'll come back to it. And you, you write a better email in reply. So uh, I, I, space, I think there's probably something in that. In, in theory. <laughs> and and getting the cut through. So, because you want to make sure that whatever you're trying to get across is actually going to have an effect. Mm. So, and when I think now, back to some of the times where I've had a bit of a lecture to Patrick, it has been in the moment and he's probably not been in the right headspace. Yeah. But yeah, if it's a, maybe let's let's have a chat, you know, during dinner about this. Mm. Yeah. Or as a family, like I think the biggest piece is all being aligned. So, and that's one thing I've learned over the last, well, the entire time of being a parent. Whenever Elizabeth and I are aligned on something and we want to deliver something or, you know, solve a problem in the house and we're in it together, it's a walk in the park. Mm. But when you've got one person pushing an agenda or maybe something's happening at home and I'm not there and I get back and, you know, but I don't know, it's, it, it is about taking a deep breath. And I reckon I'm just trying to think back to my old man now. I reckon the amount of times he would have come in and gone... Right, where is that can of BB? Yeah. Where is where is the football highlights? <laughs> Take me away. Um, so I reckon that's a really good tip. I think being able to step back, to acknowledge it, maybe even it's, and you don't want to forget it. So maybe it's writing it down somewhere and going, all right, let's have a chat about this. It can even be tomorrow. Yeah. You know, you sit down and go, remember yesterday, Patrick, when this happened? Mm. And then you put some more time to think about it, right? Yeah. So you've probably got a better opportunity to solve it properly. Yeah. Rather than, and I yeah. think you said it, Mark. The, the two train analogy that Sam Sam said as well is is fantastic because it's just hundred <laughs> percent. If you're going in other directions, you got problems. oh, and the kids need to know that you are aligned. Yeah, you know, I I just think back to all of our bigger problems that we've had, and every time we either sought external help, or we had a chat together and decided on a way to move forward, it was our confidence, um, and then kind of walking in and. and the kids almost kind of get, you're like, oh, you both want this to happen. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Um, and there's stuff that, you know, Elizabeth will pull me up all the time. Like, why are you giving him so much sugar? Why did you just do that? And I'm like, good call. Sorry. Um, you know, there's other times where I'm like, it's been a really rough day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I'm struggling. Did you need to go for a walk? That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Because <laughs> you just want to show up being the best person you can be. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, too, there is that responsibility. So I'm, I've always thought, maybe I'll just be the fun dad. And everything just lands in place. Yeah. I'm like, damn, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. And, and you said guidance. It. You said it. I think the dinner table is a good place to, to do it. The, the one of the problems is having tried this um, this approach is that 
it can be all sunshine and rainbows by the time you get to the dinner table everyone's happy and the last thing you want to do is be like, <laughs> that guy who goes hey remember you did this two hours ago we need to we need to talk about that yeah <laughs> you've yeah. got to stop the the behavior in the moment right like coming back to it you've got to be able if if it is inappropriate behavior yeah you need like you need to you need to be able to stop it oh. and then without ideally theoretically you you stop it without losing your temper you make a mental note and then you go back to a yeah. A day later, going, hey, this is why, and this is the context, and blah blah yeah. blah. But geez, that's hard sometimes. Well, it's hard when you don't know what happened half the time, too, right? Because when something explodes with more than one kid, mm. you're like, I don't know who, and because they'll instantly blame each other. Yeah, you got one person in tears, and you're trying to solve this mystery. Mm. You're like, all right, I don't know what happened, um, but I think now I've just been around separating them. Yeah. And that's what my mum used to do. It's an old trick. Mm. Yeah. You go, Patrick, yeah. you go to your room. Lockie, you go to your room. It's just time out. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then usually, you know, someone will kick a door and stuff will happen. And then I'll be boiling again, going, I just want to walk in. <laughs> but you just let them go. I'll go yeah, sit in the yeah, front Yeah, they need room. their own space as well. And then yeah. once they come out of that, they usually, I'm like, have you had a chance to think? And they're, they're halfway there. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's a work in progress, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you said you, you you maybe struggled with the baby phase a little bit, Mark. And I know you, you've told me a story before as well, which would be great if you, if you share with the listeners around that, that baby phase and maybe how you, you coped with it. Um, mm. I, I think you were really brave at one of the meetings with the, the dads. <laughs> I was, I was. So I think, yeah, I probably wasn't prepared for kids. Um, it all happened really quickly. I don't think I necessarily ever wanted them, but I always thought I'd have them, if you know what I mean. So I wasn't yearning for them anyway. Patrick came along relatively quickly um, and I went to the classes, you know, I did all the stuff, but I just didn't seem to sink in. So I remember the first night we brought him home and we're sharing the bed. He's in the cot next to Elizabeth and I'm like, all right, let's go to sleep, you know? And, um, he wakes up after half an hour and wants a feed. That's cool. So she's feeding him with a light on. I'm like, this is pretty annoying. I really need my sleep. <laughs> um, anyway, puts him back down 40 minutes later, he wakes up again. And I vividly remember lying over the edge of the bed with my phone, just Googling how often babies <laughs> wake. I'm like, oh man, it can be every 40 minutes. Yeah. I'm like, hey, are you, are you cool? I just, I just learned something that I probably should have learned back in that class that we did. Are you cool if I sleep in the other room? This is the first night. Of the bringing... first night. Oh, and wow. she's like, fine. I'm like, you, you, you let me know if you need anything. But I kind of thought then, I'm like, I can't help you here. Yeah. Um, but I want, but you yell out if you need anything kind of thing. And I think that was the both going all in. And I think we had probably had some poor advice from different sides of parents and whatever else. But so anyway, it was, for me, it was a bit of an eye opener. So my cushy life had obviously changed. I was wrapped to have Patrick and Elizabeth, but it was challenging. Everything was changing. Mm. I think you were just ahead of the time. It's far better if you get a good night's sleep and you can you can be a good dad oh. rather than be... I've spent many a night next to them completely sleepless as well and you're like, well, it comes to the morning and you're just as grouchy rather than, hey, I'll take over now because I've had some sleep. 100%. So, and, <laughs> and I think once we found that groove and just went, look, I realised then, I'm like, all I can really do to help here is the shopping, the cleaning, everything around Elizabeth so she can, she can breastfeed. Yeah. Um, and then once we got that kind of humming, it was, it was great, mm. but, um, <clears throat> but yeah, life had changed obviously. So mm. we went to, and this is the thing, like I, there wasn't a, a forum for blokes. Um, I even Googled it. I'm like, cause I was living in Nutterbottom at this point of time. And then she said, oh, there's going to be a, um, the mother's group are all getting together and the dads are coming in and you've got to mind the kids while we all have pizza and chat. 
and they want to talk to you about how you're feeling. I'm like, oh, this would be a good opportunity just to see how everyone else is feeling, right? Mm. So we're sitting around, there's all these guys. So Patrick is, uh, was a shocking sleeper and I'm just feeling anxious holding him. Mm. I think back then my anxiety was probably through the roof. Um, all these guys are looking lovingly at these babies and I just wanted this, I want Patrick gone. I'm like, mm. someone else take him, you know, mm. it's hard. Go around the circle and it's like, how are you feeling? And I was kind of second last and everyone's like, oh, this has been a life changing moment. I feel mm. so blessed. I'm so happy. Everyone had the same sentiment. I'm like, I want to express how I feel, but I'm really scared that maybe I am the only one feeling this way. Maybe I need to get some help. Mm. Um, I don't feel what these guys are feeling at all. Yeah. And I thought, ah, stuff it. I'm just going to explain how I feel. Mm. So like, Mark, and how are you feeling? I'm like, oh, I'm not enjoying any, any part of this. Work is hard. I can't sleep. Our relationship is being tested. I wasn't prepared for this, blah, blah, blah. And I just saw everyone else, most other shoulders just slumped down and were like, I'm the same, man, I'm the same. Yeah. Like, well, can we have an honest conversation? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like there was this, maybe a bit of a stigma or I thought that I was meant to behave a certain way mm. when it's okay to go, man, this is really hard work. Mm. Um, some people are great with the baby mm. stage and some people aren't. Mm. Um, and I think then it was just my, you know, then, uh, so we had a pretty robust discussion. Elizabeth comes out, she's like, how did it all go? I'm like, I just let everyone know how I felt. She's like, oh no, I did. <laughs> I'm like, isn't that what it was meant to be about? Yeah. And I'm like, what did you say? I said, oh, just that this sucks. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I'm not. I'm. I'm just. I'm trying my hardest. Um, but yeah. So it was just. Mate, it's all. It's just. I think there's so much in that story, and I love it. I love that you were honest, and that's what this is all about. But that, you know, that idea that I, I, it, parents, uh, kids aside, I think that's that's the the whole society saying that men shouldn't. Like men aren't allowed to express that they're struggling, right? That, mm. that, that men should be saying that with the with the armor on, I'm all good. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, nothing, you know. So I think there's a bit of that in it, but then also then you overlay the whole the the, the, the you're a dad thing now. And I've had a similar feel. I've spoke about it on here. Like it mm. was for me, amazing experience and seeing you know Sonny being the eldest, seeing him being born, and but I can't say that lightning struck me when I first held him and all of a sudden I felt extremely yeah. connected to this, this baby. It no. took time. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. For me, it, for me, it's been as the relationship and still is is evolving and growing, my connection with Sonny gets deep and all the boys, but it gets deeper and deeper. So I had a, a, a similar experience um, and in some ways that's not what is expected and that's not no. what's expected to be said either. So I no, praise no. you, mate, for, for that and yeah. for being honest. And Yeah, I think, and look, it, it took me a while, even with family, just to go, like, oh, you know, are you connected? That was an interesting comment there as well because Elizabeth would say that. She's like, what do you feel when you hold? I'm like, nothing. Yeah. I can't, I'm, I'm stoked to have him, but mm. I don't, there is no connection here. Mm. Um, but of course it came and I knew yeah. it was going to come. Mm. Yeah. And because as soon as he starts to talk and interact, Mm. It was probably when she went back to work and we went out together and did stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah. in those initial stages, we're just going, hey, because the challenge is a lot of the time is that you've got mates who have kids, but they're at different ages. So, you know, you've got someone who's got older kids and often it was just the, don't worry, mate. The, for the amount of times I heard, it gets better. It really does get better. I'm like, when, how? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but of course it does, right? Mm. But and everyone's different, so yeah. Mate, just I said this to you before when you first told me that story, and just huge that you did that, not only for yourself um, and for Elizabeth and, and for your kids, but for the 
nine or ten other blokes in that room as well because otherwise they wouldn't have felt like they could talk about it um, 100%. And, and that's that's incredible and i've spoken about this before but certainly you know physiologically um emotionally there there is a bond forming as the baby grows in 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 the mother yeah, there's a yeah. physical bond and and the dad does not have that um therefore that feeling of love might not come at the first kick in the stomach it might not come when the baby's born it might not come for a year afterwards um and and male postnatal depression as i said before is, is a real thing it and is. i've only just become aware of it um and and i personally didn't didn't sort of suffer that but i'm so glad now that i've come uh, become aware of it and that I, I yeah i can speak about it and, mm. and tell other blokes look I can't speak about this personally, but I know it's a thing and, and there's people out there that are experiencing the same thing and you can you can seek help and you can talk about it. So really powerful that you that you did that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cheers. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, one 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 thing I'd like to go back to um is around the sharing the bed thing. Like the 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 um so you so what you're saying is you did then worked out that you don't have to be in the room with yeah. Is that what you worked out yeah. with Elizabeth? I just figured, yeah, that we needed to give us a, each other the best opportunity to be okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And and what? How? Like, would that be not like you never slept to, in the same bed while while the kids were young, or was it just when you felt really oh. shattered, or how would you? Good question. I think for the initial part when they were kind of feeding constantly, it was I was in a on the spare bed. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, I'm like, if you need help changing him yeah. or if you're spent, wake me up. Yeah. Every now and then she'd do that. Yeah. But then generally that meant in the morning I was up, I'd been to the shops, I'd done the washing. Yeah. I'd done stuff. And then I'm like, well, what do you need today? I need to sleep. All right. I'd put him in the pusher, take him for a walk. You know, you yeah. just kind of make do. Yeah. Um, and then it got to the point where we could, where he was in the cot in his own room, but it was, he was a, a, a terrible sleeper. So it wasn't until we went to sleep school. Which is another one of those kind of like when you got the train tracks going the one way. That was a pivotal moment. I've never felt so in control as to when we came back from that because we both saw different issues. She's like, "We don't have an issue with this sleep. This is how they're supposed to be." I'm like, "Well, I can't carry on like this, and neither can Patrick." Yeah. Um, you know, her mum was saying, "Babies don't need routines. You just got to roll with it." I'm like, "I'm. I don't think that's the case." Mm. So we took him down to Kuirup, and they're great down there. And she's like, she was still like, "I don't think we've got a problem." Um, anyway, the nurses came out after the first sleep and with all the other babies after they kind of looked after him. I'm like, where's Patrick? And uh, they're like, we're going to have to work closely with you guys. He's still there. He hasn't been to sleep yet. We've got some work to do. Mm. But it was after that one day we got all the tools, all the equipment and the confidence then. And we're mm. driving home. I'll just never forget, just driving home going, we've got this, mm. you know. So, mm. but then we were able to then, and it was it was all of a sudden, just that one day had changed everything and he was able to sleep better. It wasn't great, but much better. We could share a bed together again and it felt kind of normal. Yeah. So yeah. then you have the second one, obviously, and you're like, oh, shit, how does this work again? Yeah, <laughs> you're starting yeah. again. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Amazing. And uh, I think it's difficult as well, um, just to skip back, is, the, the, you know, historically, of course, people know about female postnatal depression and they've mm. just gone through this, again, physical emotional thing they're not getting uh sleep huge. Their birth is huge and yeah. for the guy just to put their hand up and say I'm, I'm struggling as well is 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 a difficult and, and really brave thing it seems as if you and elizabeth have a a very open um relationship in terms of like kind of listening to each other and you know to, towards the, the sleep school thing i think i 
I we never did that, but I hearing you, I probably would have just said, yeah, okay, um, baby doesn't have a problem because mm-hmm. your mum and, and you know. So I think great that you, you gently push for that, and you know, obviously, they 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 kept him for extra yeah. extra extra homework <laughs> in the sleep school. So yeah, it sounds I like he's not going there twice in the end. So yeah. Mm. So Mark, you were you you skateboarding. I think has been a big part of your life. I've kind of picked up things. I've never had a direct conversation about it, but pretty high risk. Um, activity mm. are the boys into to skateboarding how does that make you feel or, or any other kind of high risk activity yeah no they are so patrick's got his scooter yeah. um and he's interested in skateboarding but i can see you know just how much easier scootering is for him at the moment yeah but he's at the, at the skate park now doing some stuff where i do feel anxious <laughs> yeah. only because i've fallen that many times mm. but i've got to learn to let it go yeah <laughs> have you guys got any tips because yeah. I, I struggle with that I'm like Fuck, is he gonna actually do this and he does it <laughs> yeah and I'm like oh cool don't do that again <laughs> you landed it I want to keep doing it for the next 15 minutes till I fall um Lockie's a bit more uh he'll take more risks so he'll he'll grab the board and try and stand even though he's tiny yeah so hopefully it's on the way but once again I would never push them into it yeah um I mean I obviously enjoyed doing it and I'd love to be able to do it with them but it's it's completely their call. Mm. But yeah, yeah, risky risky stuff. Being a parent and seeing that kind of thing, just going, it could go either which way right now. <laughs> I've got the because um, I I yeah, look, I loved skateboarding. I, I was never any good, but I really um, I've really encouraged slash pushed my boys into skating. We've got them a few lessons. Um, but Sonny, our eldest, is is very he's a very cautious kid. Yeah. So he's actually got balance he can do it yeah but he just he as soon as he loses a little bit of control he just shits himself yeah to, to yep. be honest so yep. i don't have that problem i'm the opposite like i'm the one saying drop in yeah I, like it's not him coming to me saying oh, i'm going to do this it's yeah it's me more pushing um and van's probably a little he's a little bit more outgoing but he gets influenced by sunny but yeah i sort of think i mean they're going to hurt themselves doing anything right so if it's they've got the safety gear on and they've got to learn that whether it's skateboarding or bike riding or playing footy you're going to get hurt yeah and yeah. then you've got to learn you've got to get back up and dash yourself off and um all well and good till the day that they actually do some serious damage yeah to take them to the <laughs> hospital yeah that's uh that's partly how we learn right yeah. and my girls were hitting the jumps uh down by you down by legacy on the weekend on their bikes and um, it's awesome because, you know, one of them's got like a pink bike with like a basket with daisies on the front yeah. and she's <laughs> revving up there, ready to hit the jumps. And I said, well, if you're going to hit them, you've got to hit them fast mm. because if you don't hit them fast enough, then you are going to kind of nosedive and, mm. and run out of speed. And they did. And it was it was awesome. And you yeah. can't, you can never forget that level of kind of satisfaction of being that age as well and trying something new and landing and landing it, whatever it. that is, whether that's shooting a basketball hoop yeah. or, yeah, on your skateboard or on your bike mm. yeah. um, and that kind of addiction that comes after that where you're like, I've got to do it again. Yeah. Like just chatting to Steph about her son, Barney, who's been into skateboarding and she's yeah. like, he's obsessed. Like he's doing it, you know, in the garage up until late at night. Yeah. And I'm like, I remember. Do you still yeah. skate? Not much anymore. No, nah, no. Nah. So I'll still go for a roll. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit risk adverse because I've broken my wrist and yeah, yeah. had a couple of slams. Like I definitely fall harder now. Yeah. The concrete's, <laughs> no, concrete's got harder for oh, sure. I'm falling <laughs> yeah. much... Like, I'm not falling very far. Yeah, yeah. But far out, that yeah. slap. And oh, no. What was your parents' approach to it when you were young and getting into it? Do you remember? Uh, they didn't really understand, I think. So when it was kind of coming up, it was relatively new because I think vert skating had been such a big thing for a long time. Mm. 
and that had kind of died and street skating was coming up and I I don't know how I found it or it was uh, like I found a different clique of friends I think it was when I started working at McDonald's and had some, some buddies there as well um, so I would find myself up at these spots in Glen Waverley religiously mm. and I'd go there by myself or I actually liked a hot day because I knew no one to be around um, or Christmas day anything like that where you know you've got the car parked to yourself but I remember bringing my dad up once because I'd, I'd figured out um, how to do it was early doors and just these these long front side nose slides. I'm like, I just want to show him, mm. you know. So I brought him up and he's like, yeah, cool. And I showed him and he's like, yeah, so that's it. I'm like, you don't get it, do you? <laughs> that took me so long to... So some, some mm. kids can learn quickly with this stuff. Mm. I, I take a long time. So I'd spent months on that. Um, but it wasn't until he started watching the Olympics recently and he's like, I get skateboarding now. Mm. I'm like, that's awesome, Dad. Like, mm. it is, it's, it's hard work. Mm. But, yeah, so, like, I think what I liked about it was I'm probably not a huge team player, maybe. Mm. Um, so that's why I like tennis and skateboarding. But mm. it still is. It's one of those things where you go up to the skate park, and I see it all the time now up there when I take the kids, where there's, a you know, a few kids hanging out. Someone's trying to learn something. They help him mm. or her as well. I'm just seeing the amount of girls into it mm. now is so amazing. Mm. Um, yeah. I think in terms of taking lessons out of sport, um, and look, I'm probably biased because I do love skating. But in terms of just that repetition, trying and trying again, and the risk of and the and when you're trying something new, the risk is that you actually hurt yourself. Yeah. So the risk is quite high. Yeah. You know, you kick the footy and you have 50 shots of goal. If you miss a couple, it doesn't actually yeah. matter. Yeah. But choosing what I say to my boys all the time, choosing courage over fear, and repetition, 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 and then you finally land at whatever it is. It's an incredible, incredible feeling. But the lesson of that of you know, facing into something you're scared of and what's yep. on the other side of that fear is actually some really good stuff. Yeah. I think there's amazing lessons in, in skating. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Mm. Um, and just that that community as well that you kind of build around mm. it too. So yeah. if you can find some some kids of a similar level, but you always need someone that's a bit better and yeah. someone that's a bit m like maybe less. Yeah. Um, and you help each other out. That's what it was always about. Yeah. So Yeah. Awesome. And drinking warm orange and mango drink and whatever you could afford to keep yourself going for the day. <laughs> and Elizabeth and Mel are on par with the, the risk-taking. Elizabeth hates it. I'm like, <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, only because she not, she or doesn't hate it. She loves, she, 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 like, she kind of has an appreciation for it. But I'm yeah. like, I'm going to go for a skate. Every now and then, like, I love just going down to Balnowring. Yeah, yeah. And you can go down there at night, turn the lights on, you've yeah. got the whole place to yourself. It's, it's amazing. But her fear is always, please don't hurt yourself. Oh, so it's yeah. more worried fear for you, not for the kids. Hundred percent. Oh, this is usually when I go by myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. um, there's been a, a couple of times down there I'll fall and then come back and. Geez, I, no, I did actually mean your boys, but I'm glad Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what yeah. about the boys? Is she? Does she? Is she happy with the boys getting She's into it? She's actually way better than I am. Like when right. it comes to the risk. Right. So I'll see them. I'm like, whoa, hang on. He's, this has escalated quickly. He's going to try that. Mm. <laughs> and she's like, it's fine. Mm. And often she's seen it. You know, he's been trying this for a while. You actually haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, other times they've got to learn. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, rightio. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't be this way. But yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, Mel, yeah, in terms of uh, me, she couldn't care less about me. <laughs> so she sends me down. Um, now, look, with the boys, yeah, she's she's skating specifically or you know scootering or bikes or whatever but yeah no, she's she's pretty pretty cool with it to be honest yeah. but again we don't really have because sunny's so cautious it's very rare that they're going to do something where we're actually worried um yeah so yeah. we don't if I, I think there's some kids um that are just absolute they 
it's just a different mindset mm. around that kind of stuff. Hundred percent. Um, so we probably don't we don't probably don't really get tested to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We'll finish up, Mark, with a with a question as to if if. You know, you said you wish this was around and, and other resources when you were a young dad. To any young dad out there, what would be um, your number one dad focaler tip? Put Good you on the spot. Question. I would say try and find someone um, with kids of a similar age that you can lean on and someone that you can kind of trust and just share stories um, and look for those bits of advice because every now and then you might have something you're struggling with, but if you can actually work through that with someone who's you know, hasn't got a direct, maybe isn't a family member or something like that as well, but someone that you can help just go, look, you know, would you, like almost like a, a mentor, like, mm. like just a buddy. Mm. Someone that you can go, when she hits the fan and I need some help, could I lean on you? And vice versa. Because mm. quite often it's just, uh, I just need a, a breather. Um, here's what's happening at home. And, you know, you can be really, you can struggle with it and you, you can't see other ways. And someone with a different perspective can often say, and even just saying, look, I've been there, man, or I'm, I'm in the same spot at the moment. You know, it mm. will be all right. So I think that would be my tip. I just, and that's why I liked, I love what you're doing because mm. I think it's opening conversation. I've been, I've been taking tips from all your episodes and mm. just hearing different stories. And uh, you don't feel alone. Yeah. Um. So yeah. that would be my advice. That's great advice. Awesome, awesome, Mark. Really appreciate it, mate. No worries. It was well, good you. to get to know you better, bud. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And thanks for taking the time. Nah, thanks for having me. Cheers. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Like, share, subscribe, and all that rad dad stuff. Remember, we're all just dads doing our best. No pressures, no guilt, just a lot of love and talk. If you're struggling with anything, reach out to someone. A problem shared is a problem halved.